To ensure Racefuel's customers can have next day delivery, our stock of racing fuels is warehoused all across Australia and New Zealand. Racefuel stock is available via distribution points in Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Auckland. And of course our head office is based in Dandenong, Melbourne. Racefuel's distribute and deliver the drums to your workshop, tune house or racetrack. So even if you're in lockdown, we can get your fuel to you. Find out more at racefuels.com.au Two of the very best operators parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Welcome back, guys. It's the Parked Up Podcast brought to you by Race Fuels. I'm just trying to jump in here while Grant is absolutely stuffing his face full of chili chips, <laughs> doing his all proud. Grant yep. Rowley, how are you, mate? Good, thank you. Thank you for just taking over. The, the, owning the very first part of the podcast is usually something I put a lot of effort into and thought, but you, you just do not. stolen you my are. thunder. <laughs> Yeah, I've never thought about it once. Um, but uh, yes, I was eating some chili chips because I came and saw you yesterday. No, we're in lockdown. We're oh, in lockdown. sorry. You can't do that. You can't say that. Whatever. I came to your house and you treated me real <laughs> nice and um, you gave me a beer. We had a beer. I played on your simulator and you gave me the world's biggest bag of kettle chili chips, which turned out to be my favorite and turns out that they're not your favourite. They're a little bit too spicy for you. Yeah, they're like ultra spicy. We uh, we're These having the them. They're the best. We're, we're having uh, a couple of chippies on uh, Saturday night, and they were taking my breath away. I was coughing and carrying on, and I uh, thought, Nah, who would like these chips more than I do? <laughs> and yeah. I know how much you love. You absolutely love chili stuff. Spice. Mm. Every time that we Just... have a sandwich together or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always put as much chili sauce as you can get on mm-hmm. on that sandwich to try and make it burn your tongue off. Yep, that's me. That's so I'm me. glad you're enjoying them. I like the spicy stuff. I don't like the spicy cough. No one likes the spicy cough, which Definitely seems to be not. seems to still be lurking around, particularly up in New South Wales. It's keeping yes. us parked up for a little bit longer, Tony D. It certainly is, but let's not talk too much about that this episode because I think everyone's a bit over it. Okay, You're a bit. De- bit depressed and you know what on the weekend there wasn't you scratching your chest so yes, that's quite loud that do that again itchy 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 hairy chest you must have a very hairy chest i do a little bit but i don't have any hair anywhere else like i've got uh, minimal hair on my arms minimal yeah. hair on my legs nothing on my back thank you very much just a little just, bit on the just chest my chest it's just a little fluffy yeah okay right there you go, guys. There you go, listeners. If Inside. you ever want to know, um, Grant has a hairy chest and nothing else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, as I was saying, no racing on the weekend. Like, mm. what the hell? Formula they E. Either have, Formula uh, E yeah. was on. Yeah, I know, but yeah. No racing anyway. then. <laughs> no, no race. No real racing that makes any noise. Um, Look, if it's not powered by the race fuels, it's just not. Pa- it can't be on parked up. Exactly. Exactly. We can't even talk about it. It's actually in our contract with race fuels <laughs> that we can't talk about it. That's it. Um, but they, it just seems to be the way at the moment. And maybe it's because of COVIDs and lockdowns and all sorts of reasons. But we've either got supercars, Formula One, IndyCar, MotoGP, all on the one weekend, or we have nothing. Mm. And no yeah, well, car racing on a lockdown weekend is no fun, I can assure you. 
Well, we did fill that void by doing a little bit of uh, sim racing or sim driving mm. over the weekend, so that uh, kept us busy for a little bit. Uh, but look, still heaps of news to talk about and a bumper episode for you on the Park cool. Up podcast. Powered by Race Fuels, we're going to talk to team principal of Tickford Racing, Tim Edwards, who we're going to fire a whole bunch of questions, of course. His main man, Cam Waters, took a, uh, a great win and improved his championship position in the Repco Supercars Championship at Townsville a couple of weeks ago. So we'll talk to him about that. We might ask him some questions about calendars and other bits and pieces. And of course, we'll fire in some some Gen 3 action. Let's, well, let's ask about Gen 3. COVID has taken away, uh, COVID and calendars, I guess, have taken away all this Gen 3 chat. So we might reinvigorate that, see where they're at. Um, but there has been some news and bits and pieces as well. So we'll fire into news in a moment. But, 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 before the Lots news. Lots of buts. <clears throat> last, uh, last week, we ran a little competition. The, the Toby Price episode was, was really good. Thank you, Tony. I sounded amazing. And uh, Toby <laughs> Price was terrific as well. But we did run a little competition where we asked some of our fans to share the Facebook post. Mm. And if they shared it, they could win a pretty cool prize, a, uh, a bit of a Red Bull little T-shirt number that you uh, that you come up with. I've got to say, I was hoping everyone would forget and not share anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I could keep both T-shirts. Unfortunately, or unfortunately, there was an absolute sharing bonanza going on our Good. on our page. So um, we are going to announce that winner, and the winner is Joanne Hodge, who said, uh, ah. "Great chat with Toby Price." Oh, and the interviewers are great too! Exclamation point. Excellent. Thank so you. thanks, Joanne. And so actually, Joanne gave us a little bit of uh, feedback as well. Oh. Which we always like. Is that good or bad? Oh, no, no. She was uh, just um, commenting, I guess, based on our chat about the um, the fiery incident that we saw with Jack Perkins. Ooh. Yes. Now, uh, look, I'm going to paraphrase here. I'm not going to read exactly what she wrote, but there was uh, she was um, uh, commenting about the late nature of that second event turning up meant that not all of the proper or usual procedure that goes into making sure there's enough or the right level of um, volunteer crews mm. were, were available all across the board. Sure. And look, there was no doubt that there's no way Tim Schenken and Motorsport Australia would allow that event to run unless it, oh. it had all of the right levels of stuff. But... There Definitely might have been... don't accuse them of that, mate. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, that's a slippery slope. <clears throat> Definitely Jeez. not accusing them. But obviously, <laughs> but I think what Joanne was trying to bring up was that there were some. Uh, what's the right word here? I don't know what the right word is. It it it, it was the, not the usual suspects, the officials, and the experienced officials weren't on hand. There we go. That's right. There you go. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was probably that, that may have uh, contributed to why that particular incident might not have been addressed as we might generally see. Because generally, I, an incident like that, we see it pretty recovered pretty quickly. But um, as uh, look, Jack I think uh, I, I think, uh, you know, CAMS or Motorsport Australia, I should say, came out and uh, ha made a bit of a statement about what went off and basically defended themselves. It all made sense, to be honest. But it still doesn't change the fact that Jack was left there for quite a while while the thing was on fire and no one could really help him. You know, surely 
everybody that's involved in looking after the safety of the drivers, competitors, everybody around, um, people watching, uh, they've got to look at that and say, oh, how, how could we do that better next time? Yep. That's all. That's right. Yep. Yep. Best news. No one was hurt. The car was obviously salv- salvageable enough that it was repaired for the next day's racing. Uh, and if we've learned some lessons that, you know, might protect people moving forward, then that's the that's the number one. Okay, anyway, congratulations, Joanne. You are now the owner of a new Red Bull Honda shirt. Polo, polo. A polo shirt. Yep. Uh, I hope you're skinny. And, uh, well, if not, she'll, she'll definitely know someone who is. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's get into some news. Okay, the news, it's brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com. And guess what? Our what? great friends at Reaction Performance have a brand new website and it's been no. built by the team at Motorsport Websites. So uh, if you're uh, looking for, to look at a really nice website, then <laughs> you can go to Reaction Performance. If you're also keen to get a little fit and maybe hang out with me at a gym when they open and uh, I can show you um, my big, broad <laughs> muscles, then um, you can also join Reaction Performance. I'm uh, sure based... people are going to flock to it now, mate. <laughs> they're based uh, based in Melbourne, but Lee Stimation and his great team uh, work with a lot of athletes, particularly in the motorsport world, uh, all around um, I, this great nation. I'm pretty sure Shane Tanner is sponsoring this, uh, this little segment, not Lee. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I'm just uh, involving all of our great partners. Sorry, Shane. Sorry, Shane. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> check out uh, reactionperformance.com.au and you'll be able to see the brand new site that's been created by our friends at Motorsport Websites. In the news, and it uh, came to light on Monday afternoon that the Kellys have sold the other remaining 50% of their business that they started in 2009 and now the Groves, Stephen and Brenton Grove or the Grove Group are now 100% owners of that team and from 2022 it will be known as Grove Racing. It's it's all come about really quickly, Tony, I guess. Mm, Yeah, very quickly and for once, thank you, we've actually been able to report on it because I've said it before, generally this news will come out just after we finish recording. Yeah, but Tuesday literally morning. as soon as we, we finish uh, and we turn the recording off, there's amazing news and we ha- would have to either redo the whole pod or we just have to ignore it. And uh, this time around, we've got the news just before we started recording. So, yeah, big news there with uh, the Groves taking control. I mean, it, it was obviously, it, it was part of the plan. It was inevitable. But it does seem quicker than what I think people would have expected. You know, we saw this partnership um, going into this year and, you know, we all sort of expected that was going to happen for maybe a couple of years and slowly, um, you know, the the Kellys would hand over the keys to, um, to the Groves. But, yeah, it's happened very quick and uh, now they're in total control and, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they can do with it and, and how involved Todd will remain within the team. I can imagine that he'll stay pretty involved, particularly uh, in the early phase next year. The um, the media statement had uh, talked about how the that um, Kellys will retain ownership of the of that engineering side of the business, which Todd has always been really really passionate about. Loves loves tinkering and loves um, you know creating and designing and coming up with new ways 
of doing stuff. So that's uh, something that he'll uh, remain involved and will effectively become a bit of a supplier to the to the Grove Racing team. Uh, exciting to see a, a brand new mm. owner within Definitely. within the game. Of course, Stephen Grove and Brenton have been involved for many years now, particularly through Porsche and sports cars racing to start with. But now uh, they're taking on the big boy job. So they've obviously been super successful in business outside. And I know that they are incredibly competitive. So um, it's a, a, a new era for the Brayside based team. Uh, and uh, time will tell if it's going to be a, uh, a, a successful one on track. I think eventually it will be. I mean, they've obviously got the funding and passion to, to go with it. So um, that, that goes a long way. And, you know, for the Kellys, if they're sort of looking for a, an outward strategy, then maybe their hearts aren't totally in it anymore. So that that's probably a good thing for the team in general. Um, so I think they've made gains this year, to be honest. They're, they've gotten stronger. They've been a little bit inconsistent, but uh, I think they've shown some growth this year. So with Gen 3 coming on board, I think it's a good opportunity for a team like that to uh, to actually get on top of these things and and maybe be on par with some of these big boy teams. Mm, there we go. It's uh, it's all happening. So um, I guess the other big news, and maybe a little bit more skewed to your racing, Tony D, is that uh, the Morgan Park round of the Australian Racing Group, um, th- that event had been cancelled. It had been originally was meant to be at the end of June. It got put back until mid-August but it's been completely scrapped, which is a a little bit of a shame. And we reported that last week, but a replacement event is, has been confirmed during the week. And it means that we'll be going to the Bend Motorsport Park for what will be the round five of, or sorry, it's round six of the TCR Australia series, plus Trans Am, plus Touring Car Masters first ever race at the Bend. Your Honda, hopefully Tony D, borders and COVID permitting, going back to the bend you've had some good results there uh yep. in your honda civic type r is that is it is it good that we're going to the bend for tcr i think uh, regardless of whether my car will go good there i think it's great for for the sport to add um, a round back into the championship rather than just uh get rid of it all together a little bit sad we're not going to morgan park but um you know tail and bend is definitely a very good substitute i love going to tail and bend i think it's a great track always produces great racing. Yes, it is in the middle of nowhere. I get that. But <laughs> when you're belting around the racetrack, I can tell you it's it's the last thing that you're thinking about. So, yeah, very good. Uh, and it just means that there's so much action on that weekend when you add all the other categories into it. So I think it's going to be uh, fantastic. And we just got to wait a little while before we we get there. We got sand down before um, tail and bend, but it means the back half of the year is going to be action-packed. So, um Yep, it's not so good right now, but I think uh, the back end is going to be a lot of fun. Mm, yeah, there's going to be a few race meetings to tackle in that last few months of the year. Of course, supercars are meant to have a round of its championship, an additional or an added round at Queensland Raceway. It just seems super hard to see how that might happen. And there's been quite some calls about even right now delaying the Bathurst, the, the, the date for the Bathurst 1000 and push it further back to ensure that there can be 
some sort of crowd. Now, if we're not racing, we're not going to do anything in July. August is almost a write-off. September seems seems a struggle, even for the Sandown TCR and uh, ARG Shannon's Championships. Um, that is question now. Not like Victoria could. Oh, very well. what do you know? What do you no, know? No, I, I know nothing. I know nothing. Oh, generally, but, when you say that, you actually do. No, 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 no. I'm I'm crystal balling here, massively crystal balling. Okay. But but uh, you know, by the time we get to September, October, the weather starts to heat up. We start to uh, the virus numbers are going to come down as long as everyone is uh, behaving uh, by the rules. It's going to take a while to get New South Wales numbers down. I guess where I'm getting to this is October, November, and December are going. We're going to see a lot of race cars doing uh, doing their thing. But there's still three ARG events to go and five supercars events to go. I don't think you're ever going to see those clash because they're they both share the, the Channel 7 broadcasting stuff. So it could mean we get to the last, say, 10 or 12 weeks of 2021, mm. and we're going to try and cram eight you know, quality, genuine, national-level motor racing championships in. So... Um, How good? Well, yeah, um, good if you don't like sleeping in your own bed. No, I'm sick of it. I've had enough of it the last two years. <laughs> i think going. steph has too <laughs> we're uh we might be hitting the road so enjoy the uh enjoy for anyone involved in australian motorsport and um sleeping in hotels or whatever enjoy the next couple of months because the last couple of months heading into christmas could be pretty busy well, maybe, there you it's go. Time, maybe it's time to uh start up a online racing series tony d what do you think about that Wow, we've all got simulators. I'd be keen for it. Okay. We're going to do nothing else. That's right. We've got a little bit of time. We'll talk about that. Maybe we'll take that off air. Okay, we'll talk about that off air. Good, good, good. Um, I thought we should talk about Formula One, though. Okay. What would you like to talk about? Well, because uh, I hadn't watched the race Ah, uh, last week, we didn't actually talk about it. And then when I watched it, I felt like a dickhead (laughs) because it was like the most controversial race known to man. You only needed um, to watch the first minute to know about it. Wow, bloody no. hell. So uh, for those of you that we you know, live under a rock, mm-hmm. uh, Lewis Hamilton made quite an um, optimistic move, I should say, Ooh. on the first lap. Are you on Team and, Max on this? No, not really. But it, it, <clears throat> you know, like it did rely on both drivers to, um, you know, be nice to each other to try and make their way through the corner. And anyway, uh, Lewis and Max made contact and Max made the fence and um, crashed very, very heavily. And that was the end of him. And, and Lewis went on and uh, had his own battles during the race, got a 10-second penalty, but ultimately came through and won the race. Poor Charles Leclerc uh, led the whole Grand Prix and drove an amazing race. Um, and unfortunately, had a couple of dramas uh, engine-wise. And then Lewis come through and... Uh, I think he got the lead with about, I don't know, six laps to go or was it yeah, even? No, no, it was only a couple. It was less Three laps to go or something, yeah. yeah. So um, a very entertaining race, Grant. But yeah. uh, I feel like we should have reported on it last week. So, <laughs> yeah. Maybe there I should go. check social media before uh, before we come on our podcast. It was but, very uh, 1990 of you to um, to say, I'm not, don't tell me the result. I've, <laughs> I've recorded this on my VHS 
And I want to watch it. Don't talk to me about it. Turn oh, off the wireless. Classic. Love. Classic. I pretty much just had to stay in bed all day not to hear the results. Um, but let's talk about it because what was your opinion on a pretty controversial move? I mean, Marco, Marco Helmet, you know, the head of Red Bull, mm-hmm. thinks that Lewis should be banned for a race. It was that oh, reckless. Wow. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think so. And ultimately, I think that 10-second penalty, oh, I mean, it sucks because Max ended up uh, in the fence and the car's destroyed and the, the, the nice, comfortable world championship lead that he'd built is um, got effectively just got wiped out. So um, the 10-second penalty means absolutely nothing in terms of mm. what the, the ultimate result is. Man, it was like, it was a close, it's close. Like Lewis maybe could have backed off because, you know, he, he was going to miss miss that apex by mm. a little bit, but such by such a little bit. And they're going so damn fast around there. They're going so damn fast everywhere. Yeah, it was whoa, I think, too close I, to call. Yeah, I, I think it is. And, but the fact they gave him a 10 second penalty sort of admits that they thought he was at fault. Um, and then when you look at some of the other 10 second penalties that get handed out, like uh, I think Norris got one on Perez and they didn't even touch um, at the last, at the round before at Red Bull Ring. And yes, Perez did go off the circuit and lose a few spots, but only because he was trying to go around the outside of Norris and Norris sort of probably didn't give as much room as what he should have, but there was no contact. He gets a 10 second penalty. And, you know, when you look back at the Lewis incident with Max, you know, Max is like, you know, the car's demolished and Max has to go to hospital yeah. um, and it's still the same penalty. So, yeah, very, I wouldn't like to be uh, in Michael Massey's shoes, even though even though he doesn't make the ultimate decision. Um, but I did like I did like uh, how Toto Wolf uh, and Christian Horner were trying to get hold of uh, Michael Massey during the during the race. Did you hear that? No, tell me about this. I think you should dig up the foot their actual audio because it's hilarious. But Toto gets on uh, on the radio to Michael and asks Michael if he's read his email that he's just sent him explaining the crash. And Michael, like cool as a cucumber, goes, Toto, I don't uh, look at my emails during the race because I'm concentrating on the race. <laughs> uh, can you, I, like knowing Michael, you can just tell how he would have you know, relayed that message and just yeah, didn't give a shit who he was talking to. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite funny, but um, yeah, tough, tough decisions to make. And unfortunately uh, whoever's making the call, depending on what side of the fence you sit on, you're going to cop grief. Hey, the best thing, <clears throat> not that there's a great thing about seeing a uh, massive shunt like that, but the silver lining is that we've got an, a red hot world championship and these two blokes are now going to be um, going at it even even harder and there's even more at stake now because the points gap is so close and uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, it's really livened it up and it's an absolute two horse race. We haven't seen that with, uh, with, with, with two drivers from two separate teams in Formula One for a while. So uh, that's um, really spiced it up. It certainly has. There's no doubt. And it was inevitable they were going to shunt at some point. So why not get it over with and yeah. spice up the championship? There we go. Spicy, spicy. <laughs> as spicy as these chips that I've, uh, they're just looking at me, talking to me next to my computer right here. And I just want to eat them. They just make too much noise in um in this uh, in this microphone, so I won't put everyone through that. Um, okay, uh, any other news you want to talk about? Come on, ready, set. Oh, nothing, nothing that we can talk about on air. Cool. 
Uh, let's let's go into our major interview for this week. It's with Tim Edwards. He is the team principal of Tickford Racing. They've uh, they've just come off the back of a a great win for Cam Waters at Townsville, and we're going to grab Tickford's main man right now on the Parked Up podcast. And of course, we're powered by Race Fuels. And it's great to welcome Tim Edwards onto the Parked Up podcast for the very first time, Tony D. It's taken us 68 episodes to <laughs> get the great man onto the uh, onto the pod. It hasn't been on purpose, though, Tim. Thanks for joining us. Seems like you've just, you know, you're getting desperate now, so you're like dead <laughs> in the barrel. 68 episodes you're not making him cool. feel very special at all, Grant. Uh, no, 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 no. He's he's very special. He's very special, and they've uh, and his team, Tickford Racing, have been doing some pretty special things out on the racetrack. It was uh, last time supercars were out. Cameron Waters in the Monster Energy Ford Mustang was going pretty damn good. Tim, it was a, a pretty good turnaround from how things had gone at Townsville number one. I think that was probably what made the win so much more special that, that, that actually we bounced back quite often. You know, you have a you have a shocking round and you go back to the factory and you, you try and delve into it and, and reinvent yourself, but you don't, you don't actually get the opportunity to demonstrate that you've actually done that because you go to a different track on a different tyre with different formats, whole host of other variables. But in this instance, we got to go back to the same track the same tyres and similar weather conditions. And yeah, the races were shorter, but we didn't need the length of the straight to determine that we'd actually made progress. So um, I think that made the win that much that much sweeter because you know the guys did dig deep and and we and we you know, we went off in a different direction. You know, you tend to, you know, you find yourself in a sweet spot with your car and you, yes, you go to different tracks and you massage it to, to be a street car or to be a Bathurst car, but you really don't move too, too far away from your sweet spot. And, um, and we moved a long way away from our sweet spot and, um, and had some great success with it. Often uh, at the end of a weekend at a debrief, the engineers are always saying, if we had done this, if I had my time again, I'd do this. And, and generally they're not held accountable because you don't go back there for a year and everything changes drivers a whole lot. So I totally agree with what you're saying, but a pretty big turnaround you know you don't generally see that sort of swing in form um qualifying obviously um the car was strong both weekends but come race time it looked after its tires so much better we actually thought the direction you know because it was a big swing we actually thought that qualifying would be a, a struggle for us you know we yep. we knew that was okay-ish um the weekend before but it was the tile off that, that let us down and we actually were prepared to go there and in the in the quest to learn um, that we, you know, we might forego some qualifying position, but at the end of the day, we had nothing to lose. We weren't prepared to go and um, do what we did the weekend before and do all that again and go through that pain again. So we really threw the kitchen sink at it and, um, and it was a gamble and, um, and gambles don't always pay off. But in this instance, you know, it was, uh, it did. And it was, it was quite rewarding. What, what do you contribute to, uh, some of the changes that were made across the cars because we didn't see the same form um, with the other guys. They didn't sort of suddenly leap up the field. They might've gone a little bit better, but not as strong as what Cam went, how, how he, how, how strong he was. Oh, there's no doubt Cam adapted to it quicker than some 
some of the, the, the other two drivers. In fact, Sam rolled out with it. Um, he didn't want to mess about. Um, he knew what his car was like the previous weekend, whereas JC rolled out with um, actually a very similar setup to what he finished the weekend before. So they had a baseline and then changed to it. Cam just said, no, nah, I'm just going for it. So he rolled out with it. And um, and be fair to say the tyres he first ran in that, you know, it was only one practice session as well. So that made it even harder um, to, to, to have a big swing at it because you didn't have the opportunity to back out of it for a second in, in a second practice session. But um, but Cam came in after his first run on uh, on very old tyres and just and he was just like grinning. You could see the grin <laughs> through his eyes through the helmet, um, and he was quick. And and if you look at the timesheets from um, early in that practice session on the Saturday morning, I mean he was quick straight out of the gate on some pretty shite tyres. So we sort of knew at that point. Well, this thing looks like it's going to be pretty good to race on. Um, we'll have to wait and see what it's like on green tyres. Um, obviously, JC took a slower approach and sort of migrated to it during that practice session. And um, he felt some gains, but wasn't as comfortable with it straight away. And same with um, with Jack. You know, it was a it was a big swing from where we where we normally run. And and you know, as a as a driver yourself, Tony, you know that you you, you tend to adapt your driving style to a particular car. You know, for better or worse. You know, you do adapt your driving style to it. And there's a lot to be said for getting comfortable with that and and then you, you tweak it, um, you hop into a completely different car and it sometimes does take you a while to adapt. And that was pretty much what was going on with, with Jack and JC. They didn't adapt to it as quickly as Cam did, whereas Cam just, just yeah, he took to it like a duck to water. So is this going to be a direction going forward now? Do you think you've, you have found um, something in the car? Uh, I I think it'll have its place. I mean, I think maybe one thing that we have been a little bit um, um, uh, maybe incorrect in our way is that, you know, we tend to just adapt a base setup for different circuits and we don't move far away from our base setup. And I think what this has highlighted to us that maybe we need to have a bigger window that we operate in than just a, than just the tweaked version of our base setup. So, I think, you know, that's probably highlighted that just because, you know, that setup is not the setup that we'd take to Bathurst, you yep. know, the characteristics of the car. So I think what we've learned out of it is have a bigger window and, and take a bigger swing at it. And, and you know, we need to, um, you know, we need to try and learn more. So we've seen Cam now jump up into a better position in the in the championship. It's, I guess uh, from where you guys had started the year or ended 2020, with such a competitive run at the 1000 that this potentially was going to be the year that, that uh, Cam Waters had a, a real good crack at the championship. Shane Van Gisbergen has been incredible and um, you know he's banked a, a lot of points, but there's still quite a bit to play for. Is a tilt at the title still within reach, do you think? Oh, well, mathematically it's within reach, but we never think about the championship. We just try and focus on, on every weekend, you know, that's that's always been our approach you know if we can try and win as many races as we can then the championship looks after itself um you know you say since since Bathurst last year you know Cam's you know had a what, six or seven second places he's now had three wins so you know he's had a you know quite a successful period however um <laughs> Gizzy's just been the you know next level you know he's um 
um, you know, he's absolutely having a purple patch. So, you know, it would take, you know, it would take him having a real shocker. You know, we've unfortunately got to rely on him having some misfortune because even if we won every race between now and the end of the year, you know, he's only got to finish probably, I mean, do the maths on it. He's probably only got to finish, you know, seventh or eighth in every race and he would probably still win the championship. So, um, unfortunately, we've got to rely on a bit of misfor um, misfortune for him, and that could happen. I mean, look, you know, it's 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 happened to his competitors. He went to Tail and Bend, and the guys who are probably his biggest antagonists, being Chaz and Cam, you know, both went out in one race and got zero points. So, you know, they've both had their share of um, of bad luck, and his may or may not come. But just on race pace, you know, we're not going to be able to beat him this year because we just. We'll just run out of time, you know. Him finishing mm. eighth or tenth in every race, and he could still win the championship, puts him in a pretty strong position. Yeah, just running out of time, unfortunately, is is uh, potentially going to be the thing because I don't think we're going to add too many extra rounds to our title this year. I think we're going to try and I can imagine you guys are going to try and do five uh, five events, get these uh, last five events done. Um, we're obviously dealing with. Uh, border situations and and COVID and um, a uh, a winter season that is seeing our our southern states disadvantaged a lot by by this virus. We're meant to be racing at Queensland Raceway in a little while. I asked you just off air, are we going to Queensland Raceway? And um, <laughs> you, uh, if 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 we weren't on a Zoom call and we were close to each other, you probably would have slapped me. Um, <laughs> So uh, are we going to Queensland Raceway? <laughs> well, the reality is we are in a much better position than we were in 12 months ago. You know, at this, at this point a year ago, we probably had two rounds under our belt, but, you know, and we've managed to get seven already this year. So we've got, we've got, we've got five to go so, in about five months. So we've got a big window to do five rounds. So I'm not concerned that, that we're not going to achieve that. Um, are we going to race on the, uh, on the five weekends that we think we're going to race on? Possibly not, <laughs> mm. or you know, I think that. But I think we've all learned that we just need to adapt. And uh, I think as a category, or well, as, as as humans, everything has changed. And um, uh, you know, when you look at what we did last year, we went on the road and did you know nine back-to-back -back rounds. You know, in the past, if you suggested we'd had to do two, you know, one after the other, it was always a big a big ask and a big strain on the teams. And Last year we went and did nine, including finishing with our main event um, at Bathurst. And you know, considering we'd been on the road for for many months to to run second and mm. as reliably as we did, and and put the pressure on those Queensland teams that had the benefit of being tucked up in their own bed for the for the build up period. Um, you know, I think we all, we demonstrated that we're a resilient lot, and we'll uh, we'll make, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. So. Um, you know, we've got five rounds to go. We're going to be going to Bathurst, as sure as my ass points to the ground. Um, we're going to be going to Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Woohoo! Yeah. And, and but we're just going to be prepared to to juggle things around. If it if it can't be on the dates that are that are scheduled, then we'll we'll make it happen. But we will make it happen. How good has it been? Um from a team's point of view, obviously on the road last year, you would have spent a lot of time together, but just to see how uh, much the team actually dug deep to make it happen, uh, spend time away from their family, probably cop a lot of grief from their missus as well, uh, as you happens. probably did as well. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure you, you saw a different side to everybody and how much they love going car racing. 
Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt the relationship amongst them and even my, my relationship with them has changed a lot over the last 12 months. You know, and unfortunately, it was only as recently as a month ago, we all had to go and um, stay in houses in New South Wales for two weeks to enable us to get up to Darwin. So, you know, we're from, you know, we've still been copping it a little bit, um, even, even in the 21 season. But I think, you know, we, as a team, uh, one of the things that we did do last year was... Um, we brought a lot of the partners and families up to the Gold Coast, and I think you know that earned us a lot of respect from our, from our staff. The fact that we dug deep and, and made that happen, and um, uh, and even when we went to uh, New South Wales, you know, a month or so ago, um, a few of them brought their partners along for the two weeks that were in isolation up there. So, you know, we we don't, you know, we're not. We are really acknowledging how, how deep the staff have had to dig to make this happen because it's not what they signed up for. They didn't go and join mm -hmm. the Navy and know full well that if you joined the military that you're going or expected to go away for months. You know, that's not the job they signed up for. So um, we have asked a lot of them and they have delivered and it's, you know, it's a credit to them all that they have stepped up and, um, and helped keep the show on the road because if they didn't, you know, we wouldn't we've been able to put the show on that, that we have. Mate, of course, you've been uh, involved uh, in as a commissioner of, uh, of supercars for a long time, as well as, of course, the uh, running Tickford. Can you just talk a little bit about how difficult the past, yeah, what, 15 months has been, not just from running the team, but also, you know, dealing with the inner workings and the changing nature that, that, that the sport has had to deal with as, as we uh, grapple with the, uh, the world situation? Well, you know, I, I, um, I joined the, you know, I didn't initially go with them when they left Melbourne last year. I stayed back here for a, what was meant to be only a week or so. And then all the porters got locked down. So I got locked in Victoria. So I then had to go to uh, Townsville, bizarrely, while they were still in Darwin and, uh, and do 14 days in locked in a hotel room. Um, but that whole 14 days just flew by because seriously, from when I woke up in the morning to when I went to sleep at night, there was all different things in play for what we're doing as a championship. I mean, at one point, you know, we were, we were planning at the, by the, at the beginning of the week, we we're planning to race at Queensland Raceway after Townsville. By the middle of the week, that had moved to Sydney Motorsport Park. And by the end of the week, we we're doing a double header at Tail and Bend. <laughs> so... So there's that going on at commission, you know, and supercars level. And then I'm conversely trying to relay that to my team about look for flights here, look for that. Hey, what, what, what about hotels there? What about, and literally you got plenty, all of these flights and logistical things going on in the background to, um, to even make it happen. So, I mean, it's been pretty taxing, um, but as I say, I think as a championship, we've just learned to adapt. We've got no choice. You know, that's, that's what we've had to do. And, um, and I still maintain the biggest ask, I mean, because that's just all, that's just, that's just work. The biggest ask has really been on, on the individuals and, and asking them to go away for, you know, for a long period. Because it's not just because they've got a wife at home or they've got kids at home. They might have their simulator, simulator at home that they miss. So they might have their dog <laughs> into a, a boarding kettle. You know, everybody's got their own you know, things that are important to them in their life and you're just taking it away from them for months, um, forcing them to sleep in a hotel room with the bloke that they normally share 
you know, a hotel room with, uh, you know, one or two nights and they, they put up with his snoring for one or two nights, mm. you know, because it is only one or two nights. But when you say to him, are you going to share a room with that bloke for three months? Sorry that he snores and you're not going to sleep, but you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's an excellent big spoon though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, correct. So look, you know, I think that's that that was the biggest ask on everyone because the rest of it's just all logistics and you know, you just you just make it happen. Um, but yeah, it's certainly been an interesting time and that hasn't ended, you know. It's still mm. where are we racing next? You know, is Bathurst gonna be on the weekend that it's scheduled to be on, you know, etc. You know, who knows? There's mm. so much that's still got to roll out, you know. And largely we've just got to sit and wait in, in a lot of instances because you know, it's the government's deciding whether we can go into that state or out of that state and we might be able to travel and the Queenslanders can't or vice versa and, you know, who's who's going to do their penance in quarantine at some point because to think that, that no one's going to to get us through the end of this season would be pretty naive. So I think we've all got a bit more pain to go through to, to get this season done and dusted, but we have got five months and we have got five rounds to go. So I think we're in a much better place uh, than where we were um, 12 months ago. Now, Tim, I know Grant is just waiting to ask this question. So brace yourself. Okay. And you can't, you don't have to answer. You can just say bugger off boys, but he wants to talk to you about gen three. Why am I getting, why Where, am I getting chucked under because, the bus for this? Because we did a little. The uh, connection might be dropping out. I'm getting, <laughs> a, lot of, getting a lot of static. Yeah. Are you sure you're not on mute? <laughs> I tell you, if COVID has definitely, COVID in calendars has definitely taken the heat off Gen 3 in the past month or so, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, simply though, where are we at with it? Yep. yep. <laughs> Next question. Yep, we're definitely. Uh, look, I mean, I actually went um, uh, between the two Townsvilles, I went with a couple of my engineers and, uh, and Maddie, my team manager, down to DJR to have a look at their their prototype in build and I was at Triple H about four weeks before that, looking at their prototype in build, just, uh, you know, every time you go, there's more parts have arrived and more of it's going together. So, you know, it's good just to keep tabs on it. You know, there's still a huge amount of work to be done on it, um, but it's a sexy looking race car. Oh, so there you go. Awesome. That's, that's, that's the first tick of the box. So. Um, Look good, sound good. It will sound good and it will look good, no doubt. So yeah, I'm so sold. It's it's a good looking jigger. So look, um, yeah, look, you know, anything like this, a huge project, and mm. generally everybody underestimates the size of the project, um, and that's certainly, in my opinion, what's happened here. You know, it is a completely new car with literally the transaxles. One thing that you know swaps across, but even that's not as straightforward because. If you're putting an assisted shift on it, that whole thing's got to be, you know, morphed onto the the top of the transaxle as well, and um, uh, so it is a you know, completely new car, and so it's an enormous project. And so, do you think some of the changes that are being made um, are sort of hitting the the target of what they're trying to achieve? Is it purely about cost containment, or is it just better racing? Well, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, whenever anyone talks about cost containment, I generally laugh because this, you know, this category just can't is, be. It's just, it just, it doesn't happen. I mean, if we, if we can, if we can, if we can keep the cost to similar to what they are now, then I think that'll that'll be the outcome from a dollar's point of view. But what we have got is a 
a bloody good looking race car that on the surface should be a better race car as well because you know you should be able to draft up you know when you're on conrod fanging along behind someone you should be able to get in the tow and actually mm. use that to get past them at the moment you know we all know that you sit behind someone for more than 30 seconds and you overheat your front tires and blah blah blah. you know the rest of that yeah. the whole rhetoric that goes with that so you know we, we want to improve our racing and that's not to say that it's broken at the moment you know we still put on a fantastic show at the moment mm. but if we can make it better and make it so there's even more overtaken then that's a big win and we know that you know you know that you know, the, the current certainly the mustang you know we had to adapt it a lot to make it fit on the on the current yeah. car of the future future platform well you wouldn't want to go forward with that in a new model. So the reality is, you know, if you're going to bring the Camaro in, right, well, now's the time that we've got to address that. Now's the time that we've got to actually make it so we could put that two-door car on it or another two-door car on it. So we had to make this change to the, you know, the dimensions of the, what underpins the external surfaces at some point. So make a better race car, make a better looking race car. You know, the roof's a hundred mil lower. She's pumped. It looks bloody, you know, <laughs> she's full bloody fast and the furious spec. You know, it's going to be a good looking race car and, yep. and it's going to sound good, but there's a bit of pain to get there. Um, so Tony obviously used to run his own race team and he worked out how to manage cost containment. He just sold everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but it's smart like, man. He's a very smart man. <laughs> oh, I don't know about so that. It's actually uh, like you, we obviously hear about all the the Gen three tear ups and uh, the the doom and gloom, but it's actually really encouraging to hear you sound like super positive. Uh, but not not necessarily about you know how it's all coming together, but what it's going to be at the end of the line, and and that probably is one of the most positive gen three things that i've heard come out of uh, anyone of stature in the sport it's got some it's got its challenges but at the end of the day you know we've got to think of what we want to be racing on the track for the next decade and unfortunately we've got to go through a bit of pain to get there is it perfect no but you know that's why you build prototypes and that's why you take belt them around a racetrack for six months and iron out the things that aren't right and change the things that 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 that, that aren't right, you know, before you go and knock out a load of race, uh, another, you know, 25 cars. So, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, but I think when, when people first see these cars and you're not far away from, from, uh, from seeing them, um, yeah, you're going to say that's a good looking race car. So, and it's not to say that they're not at the moment, but it is, uh, you know, you just, just picture the current car, you know, it's almost like, you know, when you see these artist impressions, they always look better than they do in real life because they generally squat them, pump them out at the side. That's what Gen 3 is going to be. We're taking the artist impressions and turning them into real life. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, Tim, thank you very much. We've taken heaps of your time. Uh, we appreciate you finally taking our call and coming on to our uh, our little podcast. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I'm great. I'm glad that you finally got to me. What am I, number 86 68? 68, thank you. 68, 68. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and we look forward to seeing you at a track, uh, hopefully in a couple of months' time. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. Cheers. And we thank Tim Edwards for his time on the Parked Up podcast. Uh, he ha is a man who has to deal with a lot of different pressures and he, he brings it on himself as well by being part of the commission and, you know, running his own supercars team. 
he's been doing it for so many years though. Mm. Uh, so like full kudos to, uh, to that guy for with uh, most times would be a absolute thankless task. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And that's not a job that I would like, but Tickford, I think do a fantastic job the, the moment that you think that they're out and they're not going to, uh, rebound or get back to the results that they've they've seen in the past. They just come out and have weekends like they did at Townsville and show everybody that they are a force to be reckoned with. Um, and I'm sure he'll agree that he'd probably like to do it a bit more regularly. Um, but they're, they're certainly, uh, you know, one of the top teams in supercars and um, he's been at the top for a very long time. So dealing with that pressure, um, he's only 25 years old. So um <laughs> <laughs> I think he started at Tickford in 2006, I reckon it was. I reckon it was 2006 that he first joined the team. That's 15 years. That's a long time at the top. Mm. Of course, you got to de- you got to uh, deal with them. I think it was only maybe only for one year or you did two years running a customer program, 2010, no, 2011? Yeah, two years that um, we had our little TDR race team. We were using the FPR equipment. That's what it was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a great relationship. We, we had a, a great time with those guys in Ford and the cars were bloody good back then. That's when uh, like Frosty and Will Davison, they were you know, right at the front of the field. And I had Adam DeBore engineering me at the time as well. And yeah, that car was a rocket. It went on its day. There's no doubt. So mm. very good operation. Um, you did get a couple of questions in about Gen 3 and he was... Hang on, you got a couple of questions in about Gen well, 3. Well, when we did our pre-planning uh, the other day at my house with yes. a Peroni, um, <laughs> you said, I'm going to ask him about Gen 3. I'm going to I'm gonna try and get everything out of him. And you, then you chickened out. I didn't chicken out. You just launched into it. Well, it was about 15 minutes into the interview. I was like, is he ever going to ask? God. Anyway, but he didn't tell us much at all, but he did sound genuinely excited. So yeah, that, that uh, was good. I was, uh, that was the thing that I got uh, most up on the wheel about. So that's, um, that's really good. That's, uh, that's really good. Supercars is a bloody cool category. It's the, it's the yeah. best touring car category we've got going on uh, anywhere in the world. So if it's going to uh, bring an even larger smile to our faces, then it's, then it's going to be a big win. Yes, absolutely. Now, talking about smiles to faces, Grant, mm-hmm. you'll, you had a bit of a special day today, actually. You got to meet up with Bev Brock and mm. you got to show her um, the Little Heroes book that you wrote about Peter. Yes, yep. How'd that go? Yeah, it was awesome. Great. Uh, Bev invited me over to the house. I got to pat Have a cup cats. of tea? Cup, cup of tea. It was uh, delightful. It was a delightful morning. I even got to, uh, I got, uh, she gave me an orange that had fallen off the little orange tree in her yard. So I've got a uh, genuine Brock grown orange that I'm going there to go. enjoy. Uh, but uh, look, Bev, Bev was fantastic. I had some other bits and pieces to to do with with Bev for some, some other projects, but I took over some books and she smiled very nicely down the uh, barrel of my video camera and said some really nice <laughs> things uh, to help sell a couple extra uh, King Pete books. And uh, she doesn't, there's not a, inside Bev's house, there's not a lot of um, Peter Brock memorabilia, but there is this one really, really cool piece of uh, art that Peter had drawn himself and given to Robert Brock as a present. And it was the picture of Peter driving. Uh, you know that really famous 
picture of Peter, he would only be, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old or whatever, and he's driving that. Um, that blue thing. Yeah, no, nah, not the blue thing. The, 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 oh, like the paddock basher. The paddock basher. That's, and I don't know, I, I, I can't remember exactly what type of car it was, but they actually chopped the body off with an axe. Yep. which is uh, very eloquently detailed in my children's book. Um, <laughs> and he's, and Peter had drawn uh, a really sort of unique um, illustration of this. Peter Brock was, um, besides being a fantastic racing car driver, was also a, um, a bit of an artist as well, and he'd do a lot of painting. And he's drawn this really, really unique picture of the paddock basher effectively. Um, and uh, I, I took a photo of it actually, so I'll share that on the parked up page uh, a little later during the week. So very that was good, that was kind good. of that was kind of cool. And Bev's always been great. I've done heaps of stuff with Bev in the past. Um, yeah. She's brilliant. So um, uh, I thank the Bev and their whole family for for their support of my uh, little heroes uh, book collection uh, project. Now, a little birdie told me that uh, these books are absolutely flying out the door and there is a petition to get another batch done is that right <laughs> they're they're going they're going okay i tell you i need an event to happen though i need like a oh, don't blame COVID. <clears throat> no I, I need to get these out in in the faces of the uh, of the masses so um it'll it'll be a little bit of a slow burn until then uh, i've got some cool uh, online marketing stuff um our our very good friend Tanea from mcleod media has put together this awesome little video which everyone will see very shortly and if that doesn't convince you to buy a couple of these damn things then i don't know what else i need to do (laughs) oh dear i don't know how many more i can have in my library behind me here Oh, you, well, you needed. I think you need at least five more sets of these things. Come on! Oh, jeez! I'm kidding. I'm geez. kidding. I'm kidding. You might have to wait till next month when I get paid. <laughs> um, yeah. So there you go. I think that's uh, that's parked up for this week. Unless you've got something uh, something else interesting. Do you reckon? Do you reckon we should actually do an online racing series? Do you think people did we burn people out enough in 2020? Did everyone sell their sims? Look, I, oh, I think some people would have, but it's it's like. Um, you know, at the time, probably a lot of people said, I'm never doing that again because I'm sick of it. I just want to go car racing in the real world. Mm-hmm. But now their sims are sitting in their room just like begging to be used. Yeah. Look, I reckon if we did do it, we shouldn't do such an intense one where it's like every single week for eight weeks or anything like that. I think it should just be a little bit more relaxed. The eSport, the ARG eSport Cup, as you remember, I think that went for 10 weeks. In the 10 end. weeks. And yeah, it's a we bit did, much. And then we did another one with the, um, with the Assetto Corsa TCR mm. Australia styles. That, so, that wasn't too bad. I think the timing of that wasn't too bad. So um, it wasn't every week. So you had a bit of time off in between. You could practice. You could, you know, you schedule your life around it. Uh, but it just became a little bit intense every single week um, because – for people that are actually working, um, to try and actually be competitive, you try and spend all night get, getting yourself up to speed um, leading into the events. So maybe we don't ask that much of people, but okay. I reckon. So, I reckon, so what are you saying? 12 weeks in a row, <laughs> twice a week. Twice a week, yeah, twice a week. <laughs> right. All right. Well, and we should do it on a Monday night, just straight after the podcast too. Oh, great. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't get divorced at all. <laughs> 
All right, let's see. Let's see. Let's. Uh, why, don't, why don't you put a poll up? Let's put a poll up on our socials. Would you watch? Would you watch some more online racing? Would you yep. be into it? Oh, let's, let's see. It. Let's see. All right. Okay. All right. Let's do it then. Well, that's it. Episode sixty-eight of Parked Up is in the can. My name's Grant Rowley, joined always by Tony Dalberto. We're powered by Race Fuels here, and if you don't see us before, then we'll you'll hear from us next week. See you, mate.